Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. Coming up. Jesus accepts you. He loves you. He's walking with you. He never leaves you. He will never forsake you. He wants to walk through this with you. He wants to show you who he is and his true nature. And he wants to raise you up out of the dirt. He wants to raise you up out of the stuff that, that you feel like you're in. And he wants to raise you up out of your weakness. But it's only going to happen if you're dependent on him and as you realize that you are dependent and you need him. <laughs> For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. I'm going to be talking about the power of humility. The power of humility. Say humility. humility. Look at the person next to you and say, you're very humble. <laughs> Have you ever heard anyone say, I'm so humble? You're like, no, you're not. You wouldn't say that if you were. It's like a, it's like a person saying, hey, this is such a you know, cool restaurant when they're trying to run a restaurant. And it's like, if you have to say it's cool, it's probably not cool. You know what I mean? It's like you see a, the signboards out the front says, cool restaurant or awesome, best restaurant in Bombay. You're like, it's not the best restaurant in Bombay because the best restaurant in Bombay doesn't do that, right? You know what I'm talking about. It's like someone trying to say, oh, I'm so humble. It's like, you ain't humble. You've got to say you're humble. Uh, first thing you should do is stop saying that, and that might help you with your humility. But uh, <laughs> let me just explain what weakness is. See, a weakness is basically the glitch in your story. It's the glitch. You got it all together, but this is one thing. It's the glitch in your story. It, you know, we've all got it. I mean, let's be honest. I know I have, at least. Maybe you don't, but I know I do. Have a glitch somewhere in my story. Last week I talked about. Uh, some of my weaknesses, I didn't talk about all of them because I didn't want to like, overwhelm you with my weakness. <laughs> but uh, but I, I have a problem uh, with, with anger. Okay? I, I have this pretty, pretty bad temper. I've got a pretty bad temper. It's, it's, not, it's not a good temper. I don't have a good temper. And uh, it's a weakness in my life where and it, it pops its head up and, just, rah, and it scares you know, people. And it's like, man, I, like, I wish that wasn't there. If it wasn't for that, there would be so many mistakes in my life that wouldn't be there. Um, but are because of that weakness, okay? I'm talking about this because, see, the whole thing with weaknesses, a big part of what like, I talked about last week is actually beginning to expose them. Just get them out there. Just talk about it. So I'm leading in vulnerability. So if you're all judging me, go ahead, you can. But uh, it wasn't for that purpose of that. Uh, it's for, for you to actually begin to examine yourself. I also have uh, as, uh, struggle in the area of procrastination. I just leave stuff. I just let it be. It's like... I don't know how to deal with that, so I'm just going to let it be. And that's the reason why I don't. I, don't, I can't work it out. I have a perfectionist kind of mentality. Everything needs to be perfect. So if something's not perfect, then, well, I don't know what to do with it. So I'll just leave it. And if I can't make it perfect, then I'm just not going to do it. Anybody else like that? It's just like, okay, we've got a lot of lies in the room. But anyway, it's okay. Praise God. Uh, maybe I'm the only one. Today, uh, what I want to do is, is by defining uh, weakness uh, with the glitch in your story and then how humility ties into that, I want to show how humility actually has the power to overcome your weakness, okay? Um, and to define humility is basically this, it's to make oneself low. That's what humility is, to make oneself low. Or another way to put it is to kind of remember your dependence, remember your needs, okay? Every one of us, 
no matter how old we are, we'll have needs and we, we depend on God for things and we even depend on each other for things. Humility is the remembrance of your dependence. That's what humility is. And it's to, it's to remember that. That you can't do this life alone. The opposite of humility is to say, I don't need anyone, this is my story, I'm writing it, I've got it, it's okay, God, you know, he's there, but he's not interested, I'm just going to do my thing. That would be the opposite of humility. But humility is to say, I know that there are moments in my life that if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be here. And if it wasn't for such and such walking on into my life and helping me at that moment, I know that I wouldn't be here. Humility is remembrance of your dependence. It's making oneself low. Why do you need to know about humility? What is it about humility that will give you the breakthrough in your weakness? Well, the thing is, the world focuses on strength. The world will teach you that you just need to focus on your strength. That's what the world will teach you. The world will say just, you know, if you're weak, just forget your weakness, focus on the positives, but it will give you no ability or no... It, it'll just... Basically, what society teaches us is to just push weakness over to the side. That's what it does. That's what it says. It's just, it's just pretend it's not there. So we pretend it's not there. We don't talk about it. And, and there's good reason, because you will be judged. If you raise up, you know, you, you talk about, if you have an anger problem, you start sprouting out about in your workplace, people might judge you. In fact, not mine. They will judge you. Okay? There's no allowance in the world for weakness. And there is actually something within our psyche, within the way we think as people, that wants our story just to be the rise and the rise of. The rise and the rise of Ryan. Isn't that how you want your story to be written? Like, it's like if, if there was an autobiography written for you, wouldn't it be great? I, I, I'd like this. You know, the rise and rise of Ryan Waters. What a great title. But any, 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 any good autobiographer would say, you know what, that was probably written by the guy who the story is about. It's, it's a biography. And he hasn't, uh, sorry, I'm getting confused. Is it an autobiography when, sorry, it's an autobiography and you write it by yourself, right? Sorry, excuse me. It's an autobiography and he's left out all the details. And if you get, if you get an outsider to come in and tell their story, then it's not, it's not going to be the rise and the rise. It's going to be the story of such and such. Because there's junk. I mean, I've read a lot of, I love reading biographies and autobiographies. Anybody else love doing that? I, I just love, the best ones are the ones that aren't written by the person. The ones that have a lot of junk in it are the guys who have, they've kind of, like, uh, a guy, one of my favorite guys in history is a guy called Andrew Carnegie. You know who that is? One of these great American titans. I love his story because he, he set up all of these universities across, uh, and libraries across the U.S. But his story has no, that he wrote has no, it was like he was an angel. But everybody else around him was like, he wasn't an angel. <laughs> but there's something in us that wants this. Perfection. The danger, though, of only focusing on our strengths and all the good things that we do is we can, we can tend to become conceited. We can... 
we can tend to come, become conceited and kind of proud. I mean, have you met someone like that? It's like, man, they are just so conceited. They just, uh, they're only talking about all the good things in their world. Where's the struggle? Where's the, where's the, where's the issues there? And then the other downside of it is we haven't, when we haven't dealt with weaknesses and we haven't accepted the fact that we, have a, that, we, we, that we have dependence in our life is when we fail and when we fall on our face and when our weakness comes to bear, if we haven't, haven't dealt with the fact that we are weak and that we do have needs in our lives, we tend to like go into this self-loathing kind of state of mind where we hate ourselves. And, and, and there's all sorts of negative behavior that can happen as a result for that. You know, like you, you see people, um, you know, like in all sorts of areas of life when they fail, they just go into this kind of spiral of, of, of negativity and, and, it, and it sort of comes out in all sorts of different ways, maybe in addictions, it comes out in, in, in maybe, you know, all, all sorts of things where this thing will show its face because the person has never been taught and never actually understood that weakness is a part of life and that we have needs, yeah. that we have, to we have to remember our dependence. <laughs> so God talks about this. It's in the Bible. Jesus actually talked about uh, humility a lot. A lot. I, I was, as I've been studying this, I... I I don't even really have to go beyond what Jesus said. I can go to Paul and these other guys that are in that write in the Bible. But but Jesus, he, he, there was three times where he said, and I'm going to read one of them, um, where he said, uh, "Humble, humble yourself. Those who humble themselves will be lifted up, and 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 those who exalt themselves will be humbled." Three times in three different occasions, and connected to three different things, he says this. Like word for word, he says it. And uh, I'm going to read from um, Luke chapter 14. It's an interesting story where Jesus gets invited to uh, dinner <laughs> at a Pharisee's house. And a Pharisee, if you don't know what a Pharisee was, was the, was the, was the guy with like the highest of uh, the priestly caste of the Jews. Uh, they were the keepers of the law. They were the, they, they were the experts. They were the ones that the government would consult the Roman government would consult the Pharisees as to how to deal with the Jewish people group that was within uh, the Roman kingdom. Okay, So these guys were big people. They were high up. So Jesus gets invited to this Pharisee's house and um, we, we, we see Jesus uh, do some interesting things. It, well, the thing about Jesus is like he, the, the only people that he would actually kind of argue with and the only people he would kind of go up against was, was, the, was the religious people. Isn't that, isn't that funny about Jesus? You wouldn't think this about Jesus. It's, 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 it was religion that Jesus had a problem with. You know that? <laughs> it's interesting. We don't think of that. We think, oh, it wasn't Jesus religion. No, he, he wasn't a religious person. He was a relationship person. And he still is. He wants a relationship with you and I. But the, these Pharisees, they, 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 um, they kind of, uh, what's the word? They... they represented the whole religious establishment and that's what Jesus was up against, right? So he goes to this guy's house for dinner um, and verse 7, it says, when he, when he noticed how the guests picked the places of honour at the table, he told them this parable. Now, I'll just stop there for a moment um, because he probably 
was telling his disciples the parable, I'm sure his disciples would have been present, and he, he did this on purpose. He was actually teaching his disciples something. The Pharisees would have been like, what, what is he talking about? But he deliberately kind of coded the message so that they would get it. Okay? When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honour for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honoured in the presence of all the other guests. That ever happened to you? Like you've shown up to a concert or something and you know a friend or, or, or maybe you've gone out for the night and you know the person on the door and they're like, hey, come in. And the big line, you walk past the big line, like... <laughs> ever happened to you? It's a great feeling, isn't it? I love that feeling. <laughs> business class is another... You know, the thing with business class, you have to pay for it. Anyway, verse 11. For all those... And this is where Jesus says this, script, this, uh, this saying. And he says, one of the three times where he says it. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Once again, I'll just kind of define the word humble. The, the actual word that Jesus uses back in the language he was speaking with, uh, it has been translated to humbled, but, but that word that he use, uses really literally means bought low. So for those who exalt themselves will be bought low. He's teaching a principle of life. This happens in life. I'm sure you've seen this. For all those who exalt themselves will be bought low, and those who bring themselves low will be exalted. Interesting principle, isn't it? It's an interesting principle. Is anyone sitting in this chair? Can I steal it? I'm going to steal it. No one answered me, so I just took it. I'm going to use that as a, uh, as a prop. Let's talk about exalting. The word exalt, that this word that Jesus uses here, is, 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 uh, is basically to make oneself high. Not high as in, eh, not that kind of high. naughty people that you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Very naughty. But making oneself, uplifting oneself in front of another person. Okay? Adding value to themselves. You know, a person who does that, Jesus says, is going to be humbled. So one who lifts themselves up before others is going to be made low. But the person who's made low who makes, them, who, who makes themselves low before people is actually going to be uplifted. It's a principle in the kingdom. Interesting principle, isn't it? This is interesting because when you begin to think about life and the way we are, we find all sorts of ways to exalt ourselves. <laughs> At least I do. And we find ourselves in a place where when we exalt ourselves we find it is a way to actually cover weakness. Let me help you 
understand, to give you some specific examples of the way we might exalt ourselves. And, and I'm just going to use this as the prop. And this chair is the seat of exaltation. Okay? And if you can just picture the dinner table here that Jesus has attended with his disciples and all of the Pharisees are all kind of there and all of the important people, all the big hobnobs are all there. And they're all scrambling to sit next to the, 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 the guy who has hosted the dinner. Because he's Mr. Big, he's Mr. Rich Guy, he's Mr. You know, oh, you want to be sitting next to him, he has everything. You know, if you want to have influence, you've got to be in his ear. If you want to be, if you want to be around the right people, he's the right person and his secretary, if you know, blah, blah, blah. You know how it all works, right? It's like these guys are all scrambling at the table because this is their one chance. They've been invited to this guy's house for dinner and this is one chance where they can actually, actually get to know this guy and get in the right place and, and you know, I'm going to be able to get my agenda happening here, so let's, let's make it happen. All right, so they're all like, oh, we've got to get in the right place. And Jesus is like, you wait, you wait. He's telling his disciples, you wait, you wait to be seated. You stand and you wait. But you know, in life, we do this. And it's such an interesting story. It's so symbolic. Because, you know, we, 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 our seat of exaltation that we, we, may, we may have good manners at dinner. I, I know you all guys would. You, you all have amazing manners at dinner. You wouldn't be rushing to sit next to people and do all of that sort of thing. I know you guys are better than that. You're, you're better than that. But, but in other ways that we sit in the seat of exaltation to cover our weakness could be simple things like our IQ. Simple things like our academic record or where we studied. Simple things like our economic situation. Uh, simple things like who we are and who we know. Uh, I've got some other things listed that I, 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 I had just so that I can remember because I listed them. Uh, you know, who you know, I said that. Sometimes the seat of exaltation that we can sit on would be our good works or our gender or our age, <laughs> or what we know, our experience, our position in our jobs, or the career that we've chosen, our net worth, our social life, our body. I don't have that choice, I can't do <laughs> Our brand, don't laugh, man, this is not fair. The brands that we wear, you know. What race we are. And sadly, in this country, our skin colour, in any country actually, our skin colour can be something that we exalt ourselves above our weaknesses, but not here in this church, right? Come on, come on. You there? Oh, I hope you're there. There's a few people excited about that. You know, the, this is what Jesus is getting at. Is that he's saying, when we use the things that we use to exalt ourselves and we sit in that seat, we make the mistake of forgetting the fact that we have been hosted by a king who has allowed us to live. Wow. You think your breath is yours? Think again, it's not. It's a gift. You think everything in your world is yours? It's not, it's all a gift. It's all a gift set up by a creator who has allowed you to have it. And we forget so simply when we begin to exalt ourselves above our dependence. And we get ourselves into thinking 
that the chair we sit on, oh, I've done this, I've done that, I know this person, I can do this, I've got this much money, I can do this, I can do that, you know, blah, 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 blah. Look, I, I only know this because I am, I am here as one who has failed in this area, okay? I, you know, when I first came to India, I'll, I'll, the first time, I've learnt since then and matured a bit. I was 21 when I first came. Uh, I thought I was better because I was from Australia. I thought I was better. Uh, I sat in that seat of exaltation. Now that was, I'm 39 now, so that was a lot of years ago, so you have to forgive me. But I learnt very quickly, you know, as I began to study cultures and th there's something within Western culture sometimes that we're a bit insular into ourselves and we, we don't I don't know, we just get into our own media and all of that sort of stuff and we just think we're better. <laughs> and I did. But these, these things we do so naturally and we cover our weaknesses up with our seat of exaltation. What Jesus is saying is, hold on a second. You think that seat has got legs. You've got another thing coming. You think that that seat is stable? Well, you're going to learn that it doesn't. It does not. That, because I'm telling you, the moment when your dependence shows up, when your need shows up, it's all going to, everyone's going to see it and you're going to feel low. You're going to be brought low in that moment when you realize, hold on a second, yeah, have you, you haven't done this in school. Uh, I don't know if they did it in school here. Uh, Siraj, come here, my friend. And uh, I, I'm not going to do anything to hurt you. But, you know, you stand here. Now, I want you to be the naughty boy at school. You know what to do. The naughty boy at school. And I'm like the class, like, uh, you, know, you know, teacher's pet type person. And uh, what was the word? <laughs> you're, you're, so I, and I'm about to sit down, you know. I'm the class pet. Nobody likes me in the class. I mean, the teacher's pet. And... And you know what to do because you got it worked out. You're the, you, you got to, you're the smart guy. And I go to sit down, you know, and you know, the seat's not supposed to be there. I was feeling bad. <laughs> okay, we got any bullies in the house? This guy's not a bully. Hey, give him a bully spirit in Jesus' name. Right, right. right. I go to sit down, I'm, but I'll take it back out. I go to sit down and, oh, oh there's no seat there. Thanks, Siraj. I removed that bully spirit in Jesus' name. <laughs> simple, simple, simple illustration of what happens when we're brought low. There will be a moment when we realize our dependence. And what Jesus is doing is he's helping his disciples and those there present in the room to remember their dependence on God. And what he's also doing is he's helping them to remember the fact that he's okay with their weakness. That he has actually purposefully left their weakness there because that is the one thing that God has left in order for him to have a relationship with you. Because it's in the need that you'll begin to see God. It's in the need and in your insufficiencies and all the stuff, when you realize it's not working out, and all the, the seat that you're sitting on is, 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 is keeps on falling over, and, and you, you feel like, I just can't get it together. And Jesus is still there, and he says, I, I still accept you. 
And everybody else might not. Everybody might be pointing the finger at you. They might be judging you. They might be, or you might at least feel like that way. But, but I'm telling you, Jesus is there and he is saying, son, daughter, I just, I just love you. Come. I've got you. You're weak. I know. You can't get it together. I know. You've got some insufficiency. I know. I put it there so that we could be together. So that we could have a relationship. So that I could know you and you could know me and you could know my true nature. And the true nature of God is a God of mercy. He is a God of mercy. Yeah, you can clap. He's a God of love. Jesus was showing these guys and he's showing us right now the trap that we can fall into sometimes when we sit in the seat of exaltation thinking that it's going to hold us up. It ain't. It's not. Now, all of these things are good things. You know, it's good to have an amazing career. If, if you got to study overseas, I'm telling you, that is amazing. If you are in a place where you've got economic status and, and you've got money, good for you. Praise God. I, I hope that, that, that you get more. I really do. I pray that you get more. I, I, you know, I, I think it's awesome that, that, that there, if you know some great people in, in places of great power and all of that, good for you. That's awesome. Maybe one day you could use that for the kingdom. Who knows? I don't know. These are all good things. But if the moment we think that those things are something that we can build our lives on, we are building our lives on sand that is going to fall beneath our feet and we will wonder where the foundation went. Where did it all go? What happened? <laughs> and we'll be humbled. The power of humility is to make yourself low. Remember your dependence before you're made to remember. You will be. It's a law of life. It's a bit of a heavy word, isn't it? But it's the truth. You've seen it happen to others. Maybe you've even had it happen to you. Maybe you're going through it right now where you're like, oh my God, I don't know what. Jesus accepts you. He loves you. He's walking with you. He never leaves you. He will never forsake you. He wants to walk through this with you. He wants to show you who he is and his true nature. And he wants to raise you up out of the dirt. He wants to raise you up out of the stuff that, that you feel like you're in. And he wants to raise you up out of your weakness. But it's only going to happen if you're dependent on him and as you realize that you are dependent and you need him. <laughs> See, the world doesn't teach us this. I mean, I get it. I know. It's hard. It's not easy. Oh, I'm out of time. Let me preach. A little more for five more minutes. Romans, let me show you Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. It says this For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance to the faith God has distributed. To each of you. I, I've said this a few times last week. I was talking about how faith is actually really just dependence. So you could replace that word for the sake of understanding it, faith, in accordance with the dependence God has distributed to each of you. So don't think of you, yourself higher. This is what humility is. 
Don't think of yourself higher than the dependence you have on God in your weakness, in the stuff that you hide, in the stuff that you don't want to talk about, the skeletons in your closet, the things that make you who you really are. Don't think of yourself higher than those things and the needs that they are and how God has provided for you regardless of them. I'm not saying that you should think lowly of yourself in terms of just remember that you're a piece of dirt type of thing and you know, remember what you've done, remember that, remember that. I'm not saying that. Remember the fact that it is all okay with God and He just loves you regardless in any way. See, that will birth in one a spirit of humility that is undeniable. And even when the seed of exaltation gets pulled from beneath a person, it won't matter. Because they'll be like, I knew that seat wasn't reliable anyway. So you can take it from me if you want, but I know I have what really counts, and his name is Jesus, and he loves me anyway, and he has mercy on me, he helps me through my bad days, he helps me through my good days, he helps me through everything. He's my God, and he's my king, and I love him. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so what seat do you place yourself? What seat do you place yourself on? That's what I want to ask you today. Here's how we apply this to our lives. Just begin to ask yourself, what seat do you find yourself sitting on? And if it's a seat of exaltation, if there is areas in our world where we need to realize, you know, I'm not saying that you, you need to give up stuff or anything like that, you just need, it's a position of your heart, it's an attitude. You know, here's a good question to ask to understand the seat that you may be sitting on. Is what do you expect people should know about you that they may not? You know the, the whole question of like, do you know who I am type of thing? Do you know who I am? Do you know who I know? Do you know what I've done? Do you know what accolades I have? Those kind of questions will lead to the seat that you're sitting on. And I'm here just to tell you that that seat is going to fail you at some point. But there is a seat in heaven that has been prepared for you that will not move because it's bound back to the cross and what Jesus did on it and his judgment for you or his taking of God's judgment for you. So know what seat that you tend to sit on. The second thing to do would be to heed your need. Always remember your need for Christ. Heed your need. Third thing, sit in the seat of dependence. When you find yourself wanting to sit in the seat of exaltation, bring yourself low and sit in the seat of dependence. And remember how much you need God. Remember how much He's done for you. Remember the times when things were overlooked and, and God just exalted you anyway, He helped you. Remember He's the host of this dinner that we are a part of. And that He is the one that will exalt you. And when He does, well... <laughs> If he's for you, then who can be against you? And you might walk past, and there's a scripture that, that, that says that he seats us in the presence of our enemies at a banquet. Isn't that cool? There are all those people you're worried about. One day, you're going to be seated in the presence of your enemies, and you're going, oh, this is nice. And they're going to be like, oh, how did he get there? How did she do that? Ooh, ooh, ooh. All those things that they say. Don't worry about them. 
When God raises you up, He raises you up. The fourth thing to do is wait on Him. Just wait on Him. See, this is what Jesus was telling His disciples. He's saying, just wait to be seated. Don't seat yourself. He's telling His disciples, do not seat yourself. It's like being a dad. I, I, I would do this with Elijah, my boy, to teach him manhood. Don't you dare. When you go to someone's house for dinner, don't you dare go and sit you wait to be seated. That's what Jesus is doing. But he's protecting his disciples by doing so, and he's protecting us also by doing so. Right? So Christ is the host. He raises up us despite of our weakness. Were you going to ask a question? Yes. Could you, could you repeat, could, could you repeat the, the, the four steps that you said again? Sure. I'm going to repeat it in, in tongues so that you can understand. And then, it, no, just kidding. Okay, I'm just, being, I'm just playing with you. Okay, one, blah, 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 blah. two, blah, 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 blah. No, just One, um, what seat, or know what seat you place yourself. Assess what seat you place yourself at. What's the seat of exaltation that you sit at? Two, heed your need. Three, sit on the seat of dependence. Four, await on him to seat you. Okay? Thanks, Gaurav. You're a wise man. No, it's good. I, 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 I need all the help I can get. He raises, us to despite, he raises us despite of our weakness when we realize our weakness is the door to dependence. He raises us despite of our weakness when we realize that our weakness, our needs, our dependence is the door to faith. Dependence is the door to faith. Dependence is the door to faith. We've got to get this. You don't have to go and pull up your own socks. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to bring you in. I'm going to end on this scripture. It's such an encouraging scripture. And then I'm going to close the service. It's Romans chapter 8, verse... Uh, and uh, Rohan and Marianne, if you would graciously come, we're going to close this thing. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 through to 39. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? When we sit in the seat of humility, God is for us. He's for you. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Despite of their needs, despite of their weakness, despite of their stuff that they're going through. When God raises a person up, who can bring a charge against them? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us in your weakness. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Try it. There's one thing you can't do to me. Is separate me from the love of Christ. There's one thing I can never do to you. It's yours. It's the love that Christ has for you and the bond that is between you and Him. Who can separate us from that? No one. No one. Shall trouble... 
or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger of sword or sword as it is written. For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Is there any conquerors here? I said, is there any conquerors here? Through him, not through yourself, not through your seat that you sit on that makes you look bigger than you really are. That's not how you become a conqueror. He's the one that rose again. He's the one with the sword. He's the one that rules the universe and all of the stars and everything. He's the one. It's in him. It's in him. Ah. For I am convinced that neither... No, sorry, verse 37. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height night, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You can give Jesus a big clap. I'm telling you, you can give God a big clap. Let's stand up and give God some worship right now. Because I'm telling you something. He is going to raise some people up. He's going to raise some people up. Oh, Jesus, we bless your name. We thank you for your presence here. There are some of you here, and I know that it's been hard and difficult, and you felt bought low. If you're in that position, let me tell you something. He's going to raise you up. All of the things you're trying to do, all of the controls, I feel this is for someone, all of the controls that used to work, it's like you're a, you're a pilot. This is a prophetic word. For it's like you're a pilot and you had all of these dials that you used to turn. You had thousands of them. You had them all. And if you had, uh, you had all of these things in place that if this didn't work out, you had this. And if that didn't work out, you had this. And if that didn't work out, and, and it's like all of them have stopped working. It's like they're not working anymore. What do I do? This is not about your control. It's about him. Jesus. As we release the control to him, and realize the fact that we don't have control, that it's all a gift, that it's all been given. As he takes the reins and we hand it over, we say, Jesus, say, I, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. He takes it. And at this dinner that he has hosted, this life that we have in him, He'll grab you by the hand. He'll seat you at the seat of honor. He say, "Come, my daughter. Come, my son. Come, your good, faithful servant. Come and join me in my kingdom. Come and join me in my favor. Come and join me in what I have for you. And don't look back." Because I've got you. 
That's what, he gonna, that's what he's going to do. I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is here to set some people free. Jesus wants to set you free. There's some hope that's going to come into some people's world right now. If, you just, if that's you, I want you to just lift your hands to heaven and just receive it. Jesus, just fall. Holy Spirit, come. 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 Oh, Jesus. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi. 